I missed us too. I missed talking to you. I know, me too. I was like, wow, this has been a long week. What have I been missing? I've been missing talking to you. I know. I mean, we text literally every day, but for some yeah. reason, it's not the same as when we sit down and have these conversations. So no. thanks, listeners, for motivating us to keep uh, having these conversations with each other and you, yeah. technically. Yeah, thanks. So this is Feeling Feelings, conversations about the highs and lows of being an artist. This is season two, episode one. And today we're going to be talking about our feelings on the hustle and hustling and ambition. I feel a lot of feelings about that word. Right? And I got I got weird opinions about ambition. Oh, so excited to dive into this. Weird opinions are so, so welcomed. So this is great. I'm excited. Safe space, safe space, (laughs) safe space for sure. Um, So we're going to do our highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. 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 And I'm doing the finger pointing as always. Yes. No one can see me, but obviously. Yeah. I got my shoulder going. Yeah. Okay. I I will start. I know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. (laughs) You see me in your mind's eye. Um, so my highs and lows for the last two weeks, um, high would be, oh, it was my three year wedding anniversary. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So I I like, good for, good for you. I liked that. That was a nice little, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I posted a little video to my Instagram from our wedding and cried while watching it. So that's got to be a good sign. Um, But Anthony had to go uh, host the red carpet for Han Solo. And it's not really a but I got to go down on the red carpet and like stand next to Woody Harrelson, basically on our wedding anniversary. And it was pretty much the coolest thing ever. So yeah, super solid highs, super casual. I wore a like really awesome power suit with a cape, like jacket. Ugh, it was great a la Lando, you know, nerds, shout out nerds. Uh, so that was definitely a high. It was awesome. I didn't get to see the movie. They don't really give passes out to wives of hosts. It's a thing. Um, so I have no idea. I didn't even know there was a Han Solo movie out because mm. I don't live in LA anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Also, like, would you have known anyway? They didn't really promote this that heavy for some weird reason. But anyway, it was a, uh, I don't know. It was a I great feel like time. In L- yeah, that's good. But I feel like in LA, just very quickly, they they do a lot of movie advertising. So like, mm-hmm. I just always knew what was going on in the theaters, and now I don't know anything, and I don't go to yeah. the movies. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. a totally different culture here. So yeah, yeah, that's a good high. Woody Harrelson. Good high. So my low. Whew, it's a doozy. Uh, my mom is celebrating her 70th birthday this year. And so she decided to go on a trip with her sister and her brother um, to Italy, as one does. She's she's a traveler. She gave me the travel bug. And while they were in Venice, she was going over a bridge and she turned around to make sure her sister was okay, as one does, and just totally face planted and banged her shoulder like on the ground Ugh. full force no bracing just straight shouldered uh so she went to the hospital and they were like yeah you broke it but in like really broken english and mostly italian and they were like what is happening 
Um, and she felt kind of scared being there, not knowing what was going on because she couldn't understand what anyone was really saying. So she flew to L.A. like a crazy person with a broken shoulder. Oh, geez. So I had to like step up. Well, I mean, I didn't have to. I chose to because she's my mom um, and find her a doctor and a surgeon and, you know, get her in. And she had surgery yesterday. So um, she is recovering today and everything went well. It's like a low and also a high because it's just like it's my mom. I love her with all my heart. And she's a warrior woman, which is why she got on an airplane with a broken shoulder. Um, but it's hard for me to see her, you know recovering from a surgery and not this like strong independent I can do anything and it's hard for her too so yeah also we're that going through flight, it. the flight from Italy to LA is a really long flight and yeah. it's horrible even when you have all your limbs fine totally and well and thankfully she broke it up she ended up going to Toronto and then Toronto to LAX and they had her escorted with a wheelchair but they put her in an aisle seat. Oh, geez. With the broken shoulder in the aisle. So she did not sleep. She just was in pain oh. in an aisle. Oh, man. Hello. Yeah. I know. But she's good. She's recovering. Surgery went well. We have, oh my God, Medicare. That's also my high. Medicare is amazing. We have physical therapists and nurses coming to our house to take care of her. She doesn't have to get in a car. We don't have to drive in LA traffic. It's incredible. So hashtag save Medicare. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hashtag save yeah. Medicare. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. it was so good. That's like a, that's a, a feature of it. It's free. It's just, that's what they do. So, I mean, really it's, it's a perk of being retired. Yeah. Thank God it, it's actually a perk. I know. And not a bad broken system. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hear your highs and lows, Jamie. Enough about me. So I have two highs. One high is just funny because I, I used an app in Paris to um, get a house cleaner because I, I hate cleaning, like deep cleaning. Same. And so mm. I was like, I'm just going to have someone come do this. Um, and he came today. He was a really nice guy. He didn't really speak English, which I didn't expect him to speak English. So we got by. And so he's mopping the floor and he comes over and I look down and I have these like house slippers from yeah. Zara that I just wear around the apartment. And I look over and he's wearing the slippers. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, that's weird and interesting. I was like, literally make yourself at home and wear my shoes, I guess. And I was just like, you know what? You're cleaning. I don't even have the language to say, mm, maybe, maybe don't wear my shoes. But I was fine with it because I was just like, he is just living his truth, wearing women's slippers while he's cleaning the woman's apartment who's in the apartment. And my I was just- My mouth is a gape right now. <laughs> I I was like, is this happening? Like he took off his shoes to clean and do yeah. the mopping. I, I feel that. That's cool. But like, what goes through your mind that you go, I'm going to put on this strange woman's slippers and walk around her tiny apartment where she can see me? Like what? 
is that a cultural difference? Like, is that yeah. Well, so I was going to say we have, um, I have a no shoes in the house rule. I didn't have it growing up. You know this. My mom cared very little about that. Our carpet was disgusting because of it. And I, when I went to college, I lived with um, two Hawaiian girls who are like some of my best friends still. I love them. And they were like, there is a no shoe rule. They had the shoe rack at the front entry. The front entry was just like a hot high heel shoe mess. And every, you know, Friday night we were just digging through them <laughs> to find our shoes. <laughs> but I just developed yeah. that habit because they're like, it's gross. Like everything outside is disgusting. You know, dogs are pissing everywhere. Like don't bring that into your home. That's just like, it's unsanitary and it's not good, but have house shoes. So I had slippers that I would wear and I think they were Adidas slides actually. And that's what my house slippers are now. Um, and, and Anthony just has like plain old regular slippers and we just switch them before we go walking through the house. So part of me wonders, because my house cleaner, uh, by the way, house cleaners are like marriage saving. Like we very intentionally spend our money on that luxury so we don't get a divorce. Yep, so same. just that's like, oh my God, I just can't, I can't clean the bathroom. Uh, I refuse. So our she wears her shoes in the house and it mildly drives me insane. Like it's just a little pet peeve where I'm like, I get that you're mopping and then walking out the front door saying goodbye. And so like all of your shoe germs are also going away, but like we just have a no shoes rule. And I kind of wish you would put my slippers on to be honest. <laughs> well, you would have the language to tell her that. I honestly, True. it didn't, it really didn't bother me. I just thought it was hilarious. It's such and a funny picture because it's, it's, he's also a man. So mm -hmm. he's walking around in like girly slippers and like cleaning the apartment. I was like, this is, we have come full circle on something here. It. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really, it was just very funny, but also the high is that my apartment's really clean. So that's good mm -hmm. because it's really hard in Paris to keep this, keep my apartment clean because Paris is disgusting. There's yeah, just like cigarette city. ash floating around all the time. Yep. Like I open the window for the day and there's like just dust just everywhere. I'm like, where does it I like that from? you traded smog for just cigarette ash. Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm never getting fresh air in my life. There's ever. <laughs> So um, my other high was that I spent five days in London, which was really great, had a great time. Um, and then my low is, so the thing that, ha so in London, I was, I met up with some friends there and both of them had recently, one of them had just recently published a book, which was awesome. And then the other one had just recently, like a year ago, published a book. And these are two people I've known from online for a long time. And we finally were in the same city. So we all hung out. And I had a lot of feelings come up about the fact yeah. that, like, I don't have a book published, even though that's what I thought I was going to be doing at this age. Um, that's what I thought would have been my trajectory. And another friend had her book published this week too. And so everyone and oh, and another friend got a book deal. So like all these things are happening with a lot of books going on and genuinely very excited for everyone and really happy for them. But also I was like, wow, okay. So it's not my time yet. 
and that's and it might never be my time it might not be my dream anymore which definitely leads us into the hustle and talking about the hustle right that was completely organic by the way you nailed that I really did. And I didn't mean for it to happen, but now I'm so glad that it did happen. Yeah, Um, good work. So the hustle, to me, this like has an idea of forcing things to happen in a lot of ways and just like hustle, 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 and get things done and work hard and be productive. Um, Start us off with your thoughts on the hustle and ambition. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that word. I think that word is disgusting. I think it's rooted in this like capitalistic, you know, you are a a product, you are a, a brand. Like if you aren't working so hard, you're suffering, then you aren't working. I, it just upsets me. It's, it's so unfair, I think to expect people to not care for themselves, to not take time for themselves, to just keep churning out whatever it is the man wants you to. Oh God, that sounds gross saying, but I mean it. So (laughs) there it is. Um, And I think a lot of my deep disgust for that concept does come from working in tech. and even when I worked in tech in San Francisco, I I thought it was like absolutely unnecessary then too. It's just, to me, it's causes, it's what causes burnout. It's what causes people to become bitter. It is what causes a non-inclusive environment. Um, being a hustle focused worker isn't necessarily bad, but I do think that I do think that getting caught up in the concept of the hustle is bad for you. Yes, definitely. It's very toxic. It's like, well, you know that we are in some bullshit dystopian nightmare when (laughs) it's like everyone is talking about how important it is to sleep. And like maybe stop working. It's like, what fucking bullshit is this? That this is, I mean, we need to read, like I I could, I was laughing when Ariana Huffington did a whole book on the importance of sleep. And I was like, girl, you don't pay your writers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you want people to work for free and hustle. And now you're talking about the benefits of sleep, but also it's true. We need, we need sleep, but it's like people present it as if that's like a, a novel, unique concept. Like, Hey, did you know that you need to sleep? It's like, what nightmare is this? What people who are rich? Like, I think that's the thing. It's people who are rich are presenting it like that. Right. Like if you're a have and versus a have not, like it's pretty easy for you to give advice like you should get more sleep. But like your writers are getting paid $50 per story and they're spending 10 to 12 hours working on it. Like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Super helpful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that's like when 
people who have money are like, you know, money is really not, money doesn't make you happy. I'm like, okay, give away all your money. Let's yeah. see how that goes. Where, how would you lose your mind if you lost all your money? Pro- probably. I mean, that's just, I, I mean, as someone who is in a stable position with money, I, I cannot even deny the importance of money. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I mean, it's the same, it's, it's all the same branches of one tree of just like taking advantage of people and this idea of the hustle. I don't know who this is benefiting. Like, I really yeah. don't because it, it's also, it's like some people don't really have a choice. They have to work like multiple jobs, but then it's only sexy if it's like a white guy or a white yeah. woman working and hustling. It's like, oh, well the, then that's, that's the ideal. But if you're like overworked, it's like, oh, well, we don't care. Yeah. What do you think the difference between a hustle and ambition, like the hustle versus just an ambitious person? Do, like, do you notice a difference? Is there a difference? That's a good question, because I feel like the hustle is very outwardly focused. It's yeah. external, like look at me and how hard I'm working and I have a, I'm never at inbox zero and I am always productive and, and I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Whereas like, I think ambition can be very quiet. It can be very like, I'm just going to toil away Mm -hmm. and do my best work. And I'm not, it's not to prove anything. It's not to show off anything. It's not to get those kind of like societal kudos it's just because it's a thing that I want. Um, what? It, wait, so you said you had weird thoughts on ambition. So I want to hear this. Yeah. I mean, mostly as they apply to me, um, I obviously am not a hustler. I don't have any desire to be doing a hundred things at once. I, I just don't want to. I used to, but I, I don't anymore. Um, and I don't consider myself to be ambitious. Um, we've had this conversation before. I like my goal as a photographer is not to be hanging in the Guggenheim or having retrospectives at LACMA. I I don't care. Like I make art because it's an expression of my emotions and my feelings and my current state of mind. Um, and it makes me feel good to like put that out into the world in a way to me that is vulnerable. Um, but also constructive. Um, and I love that I've turned that passion and that, um, like pull into something that makes me money. Like it's awesome. And I like working It it reinforces this like ego struggle that I have. Right. You know, it's like, oh no, you're good enough to get work and, and it feels good, but I'm also not trying to shoot every cover of vanity fair. So you're not, would would you consider yourself competitive? Um, I think sometimes I get in a competitive mentality if I'm feeling like my ego is not being fed. So we've talked about this on previous episodes. I, I find myself when I'm not working, getting jealous of my friends getting work, but I'm always able to course correct and be like, just be happy for them because it means that work is out there. 
and that the potential for you to get work exists and keep taking photos, keep your head down, keep putting work out there and like something will come your way. Um, but I, it's hard at the same time. I know that I take it personally and I know that I internalize that as you're not good enough. And I just try and use that energy and feeling into making more art, making more work. Hmm. Yeah. See, I always, I think that I'm very inspired and motivated by being competitive. Yeah. Not in like, I want someone to fail, but I, I actually like the feeling. So ambition to me feels like being part of the race. And I like mm. to compete in that. It's funny because my mom, hi mom, by the way, my mom is our biggest fan. 100%. Number one fan. Shout out to number the number one, one fan. Teresa, hi. what up? She's so excited right now. She loves everything. She comments on everything. If you see Teresa Gretzik on any social media, that is my mom. She's and the best. She's, she's, she's loving it. So talk about a motivator, a sideline cheerleader. She, oh, she keeps me going. I know. I know. I'm like, she even responded to one of our Instagram stories. And I was like, God, mom, you're I really going it. in on this. I love it. I love it. So hi, mom. Um, so my mom always says to me, and I never realized this before, because when I start talking to her and, you know, I'm always just like venting something out. She's like, God, Jamie, you're so so competitive and like that doesn't seem like a word that is associated with women so yeah. I never attribute like attribute it to myself I think like that's um that's what men are and like women are competitive in a bad way so I always yeah, think like that um but I I really like when women start talking about like the healthy benefits of uh, like of being competitive and being motivated in that sense. Like I, I think that I'm competitive with my past self too, but I also mm. like to see what other people are doing. I mean, sometimes I compare too much and then I spiral, but I like to see what other people are doing so that I can be like, that's possible. I'm going to try that now and I'm going to get to that. And, um, that's something that you and I really differ on in terms of like you find more contentment than I do. Yeah. I will. And I think I tend to prefer collaboration when it comes to the work that I do. I living in San Francisco as a photographer had a very competitive feel to it. Um, people would get very upset at other photographers if they worked with a client that someone else had worked with a couple times. It, it was, to me, it didn't feel healthy. It felt dramatic. Um, it felt, it just didn't feel encouraging. And, and in my world, I think I thrive off of feeling encouraged and motivated by my peers. Um, and in Los Angeles too, it's, I would say, I'm sure there are people who are within peer groups in LA making art who are competitive, not saying that doesn't exist, but the group that I have found here in LA, especially of commercial photographers, are always giving each other work if maybe they can't do it or it has a social conflict for them or a work conflict, um, are always recommending each other. Um, you know, I reached out to a friend recently 
because even though I just got a, a short gig, it's now done and I need a little more work and asked if he needed behind the scenes photography or if he needed someone to do um, minor production since I'm so used to doing my own producing um, or just like model wrangling, like whatever he needed, I just put it out and now I'm on hold for a week long photo shoot with him. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those worlds where I'm just like, I thrive when we're all wanting to help each other as opposed to fight against each other. Because I think when you're fighting against each other, it ends up kind of killing some of that ambition. For me, it does. If people were fighting against me, if it were always a battle, if someone was looking at me saying, you just worked with Google and now I hate you because Google's my client, that would like deeply hurt me and make me feel like, well, I'd rather not be in this game if it means I'm losing friends. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you definitely like collaboration a lot more than I do. I like to work alone, but I don't ever, I don't like wish ill will on people. Like I think that yeah. kind of co competitiveness is shitty. It doesn't make anyone feel good. But I like to, I, I, I find that I work better on my own. And then I just like get support when I need it from whoever. But I don't really, I'm not, like there are certain projects I like to do collaborative things on. But I really, yeah, I like to be competitive about it. A little bit like I like to figure out what everyone else is doing and see where I can fit in and try to outdo it to myself um and I think you know like when I see someone who has built like a really sustainable business and they're doing really well I look at that and I go okay I want that that's my new standard whereas yeah. you you're not I've never really heard you be like I have this goal and this goal and this goal. Like I, I'm a lot more goal oriented in that way. Like I, I, and I think I, I think I have a lot more anxiety than you do because of that. Like I, yeah. you seem to be able to find more satisfaction on a day-to-day -day basis than I do. Um, but I also am not big on the hustle. Like, because I just, as much as I do work hard, I also put a lot of boundaries on it because yeah. it's like I take my weekends, I stop answering emails after a certain time. I just, I have to be done because I've actually found that like, I'm not a robot. I can't just work for 13 hours a day on very creative work and still yeah. be able to wake up the next day and do it again and do it again and also do my best work. Like, it's not going to happen because I actually, I think what happens is I value the work and the quality of the work and the quality of the art more than I value, like, burning the midnight oil and making sure that I'm, like, outworking everybody. Yeah, I, I think the only time I've ever felt motivated to do that like the endless work over and over and over again is when I literally was going through a period of mania, um, like, which is something I've experienced a few limited times in my life. But when I do, 
I mean, it's, it's exhausting. It's like, it's painful. Like it doesn't benefit anyone. It certainly doesn't benefit me and my emotional state. It, it's like a really tight spiral that you kind of can't get out of. Um, and so I think because I know that that's my tendency that I can, if I start going too hard and don't go, don't have balance that I will tumble back into a manic state. Um, I just don't go there. I just don't do it. I make sure that every day there is balance to me doing work and then coming home and relaxing, um, or giving myself time before I dive into editing photos. Um, and I like building that in with my clients too, because I think I find it really easily to get into a very bad, very unhealthy mental state if I go too hard. If not that if I'm too ambitious, like that's not the issue. It's just if I don't have the balance. Um, and I, I mean, I went to a therapist to deal with it during my time at Instagram. You know, it had been a year of me working there and working nonstop and constantly getting texts and emails to my phone in the middle of the night about this or that emergency and doing 10 hour work days every day. Um, and it was too much. I, it totally broke me. And thankfully everyone there, cause we were a very small team was very supportive of me, you know, taking that time for myself um, and seeing a professional about how to get out of that state and how to create boundaries in order to manage my um, emotional capacity for both working well and working hard, but also having me time and taking care of myself and how to like sleep and actually ignore my phone. Thank God for do not disturb mode, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it took a lot of training and a lot of mistakes and me ha basically having a very emotionally exhausting and personally trying period of, of mania while living in San Francisco to be like, okay, this is not working. I think I had, I had a similar experience in San Francisco. I, after college, I got a job at a startup in, um, in San Francisco and they were like, just expect to not have a social life for a while. I was like, okay. Yeah. That's the thing they actually said. And then I was living in the Bay Area or like the East Bay area at the time um, from our hometown, Danville. And um, I, I was taking BART, like the train into work at like six in the morning, but I wasn't getting off work till nine. And then I had to walk to the BART station and get home. I lasted two weeks on that where I was like, yeah, so this isn't worth it. Like, I mean, it wasn't that I couldn't do it. That's the thing. It's like, it's not that I can't work that hard and I can't do that. It's just what the, what the fuck is it for? Like, whose dream are you fulfilling? It? Yeah, yeah. It's like, who am I doing this for? And why would I do this? Because I feel very, I have it in my mind all the time. That like, this is my one life. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to change my dream and I'm going to change my idea of what I think working hard looks like before I just try to conform and be just like a person that gets off work at nine and has to be back at the office at eight. Like, 
no, that's not okay to me. I think a lot of people in San Francisco think that if they do that, if they put in 20 hours of the 24 a day for a company that they're not the founder of, that they'll be the third employee at the next Google. And what that means to them is that they'll become millionaires. And I told myself living in San Francisco, working in tech very early that I would never do anything because of the money that I would never stay anywhere because I was this weird, invisible promise of becoming a millionaire existed or the salary was just too good. If I, if I was unhappy working somewhere, I would leave, you know, and I think a lot of that is the reason why my resume at the time had me staying at jobs for only a year. Um, because at some point you do burn out if you're not being challenged and if you're not really enjoying the work that you're doing or the people you're working with. And I definitely experienced that. But I will also say, I, you know, I worked for a company that is like the gold star standard of success in like the 2010s or whatever. And like people wrote articles about all of us being millionaires because there were only 13 of us that went from Instagram to Facebook and I do not have a million dollars and I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, I didn't stay working at Facebook because the only reason why I would have stayed was for the money, was for this stock that had no real value, you know, at the time. Now it's doing okay, but <laughs> it didn't mean anything. And I didn't want to dedicate four years of my life to a company that I didn't believe valued me as an individual like Instagram did when there was only 13 of us and that I would only be staying there for the four year vesting schedule of my stock. And I just was like, I'm not doing it. Four I years told is a myself, long ass time. It's a long time. And, and I think, and it also wouldn't, it would have been good money. Like, yes, I can look now and say, oh, okay, that's what I would have gotten. Like that's, I guess a bummer, but I'm not bummed about it at all. I made the right decision. I said I would never do anything just for the money and I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel valued. I wasn't being challenged. I also stopped challenging myself. You know, part of it was I wasn't waking up every day excited to jump on a shuttle for an hour and a half down to Menlo Park at all. Um, it was exhausting. And I just said, okay, enough. That's, I can't. I have to walk away from this while there's an opportunity for me to walk away with a little bit of cash in hand and a new opportunity to become a professional commercial photographer on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And now I get nine hours of sleep a night. <laughs> yep. Now you sleep great. I mean, I, there's not a person that I do not envy more than than founders of startups that take off. I feel like when I saw Mark Zuckerberg at the um, trial, I yeah. was like, are you okay? Yeah, like he had that look of, I am not a person anymore. I have ceased to, like, I just am like, it's too, it's too much work all the time yeah. to do that and like too much responsibility. Like I've thought about, do I want employees at my, at Shatterbox? Do I want to hire people? And I'm like, no, 
I don't, I love that I don't have to worry about anyone's salary right now. I, it's just nice. I mean, I just have the lowest tolerance for stress. And that's probably why I don't, I'm not good at the hustle. You know, for an example of someone I think who does have the employee thing down as an artist, Justina Blakely, who started Jungalo, is like the perfect example. Her way of having employees is not about keeping them for her benefit. Most of her employees have gone off to start new businesses and they're and they're incredible women with incredible vision and working for her gives them the skills and the tool sets and the money and the motivation in order to step out on their own. And she is so supportive and so encouraging and like so emotionally invested in them and their work and their path. And I feel like that's the only way to be a business owner in a creative endeavor that like others then turn around and look back in their life and are like thankful for you. And I don't yeah. feel like when I worked at tech companies, that was a factor. It was a very me centric endeavor in terms of the founders. It wasn't necessarily about what is employee number three, four and five going to go off and found because we've given them the tools and the skills and hopefully the money in order to go start something ambitious and world changing. It was how do we trap them for five years and keep leeching off of their ah. skill sets and their brain. And that to me is like the inherent problem. You know, the, people go off and found other things, but there's never motivation from the core experience. There's never a support. There's never encouragement. It's always like seeped in this little bit of bitterness that they're leaving you. Mm. And I hate that. I, that. I think that's the killer of ambition is this selfishness that is definitely built into the tech industry, but sometimes built into artists who bring in interns or who bring in people to help them. I, you know, you it's got to be a two-way street. It has to be motivational in order for it to make sense. And if you're not in a place like you, Jamie, where you want to be basically mentoring someone while they're helping your career, like definitely don't, you shouldn't do that. Like that makes sense for you to be like, nope, I like working alone and working alone is where I'm at and I'm not ready to be in that place. But I do know that someone like Justina does it so well and is so, to me, inspiring to see how she encourages the people that have helped build her amazing, beautiful, fun empire go off and then start their own things and be supported and celebrated. See, that's the only way I would want to do it is if yeah. that were the case. But I, I'm just not in that place yet. And totally. because, yeah, I don't like this. I mean, I just, it, I don't like that, like, people are disposable or, like, mm -hmm. you have to trap them or you have to, like, manipulate them into staying at the company. It's just, there's a, there's just a whole lot of ugh, going on and with that. And the emotional labor, if someone isn't even, like, star employee who you know will one day go off and do something great, but actually a laborious detriment to your business and then you have to go through the process of letting them go. Oh my God, I don't even know how I would do that. That sounds 
that would like devastate me for weeks. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And being a motivator when you're still trying to find your motivation is hard. I, I will say I'm as much as I shit on the concept of the hustle, I am very, I look up to people like Jessina and then my friend Caroline Lee, who is an incredible photographer for Team Woodnote, and she has an amazing podcast called Out of Line. Um, they, those are two women who do creative things that are like, they kill it. They're never not doing something. There's never not a launch. There's never not a project. There's never not someplace they're going. And, and I can't do that personally, but I will also say, people especially women who are capable of doing all of that and still being fulfilled and happy and finding balance and making time for themselves like man great work i want a standing ovation for them because that's just not that's not my game but it's cool to watch people who thrive in that space even though i look and i'm like oh i'd be tired yeah, you need you especially need a lot of time between things. Mm -hmm. You it takes a lot out of you. I and I think that's really important to acknowledge that in yourself and like giving yourself what you need. I yeah. I know that I have to be like I don't share as much on social media because a lot of the stuff that I do is with clients and it's not ready to be out yet um totally. but I love working on multiple different projects and it actually feeds me when I'm when I am because if I'm not I like my mind becomes just the worst place in the world for me to be when I'm bored and when I'm not doing something and I don't have something to occupy me it's not that my mind like I can be okay with myself I can be I could be in solitude with myself, but my mind starts to like turn on me with thoughts that aren't even true. It's not like we're trying to like figure something out or whatever. It's just like, then it becomes a hostile environment in my mind when I'm not like it's that Gemini brain. Oh, it's go. He's got to be figuring something out. I don't know what it is. And I need to be always doing something. And I know that it's like if I, the moment there's an empty space in my schedule, I go, oh, that looks nice. Like, I'm excited about that. And then something will come along and I'm like, oh, thank God I'm filling it. Okay, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't want that. Um, but it, it's not this like avoidance thing. I've just actually become really good at like managing my time. And I, I don't, I actually realized that I don't need as much downtime as I used to think that I need because I can be really nice to myself. But then if I'm too nice to myself, then I get out of practice of like having my habits and I like my habits because I'm not a habitual person. I don't like build habits very easily. Like people say what it takes like 30 days. It takes me like 90 days and then mm -hmm. still I will get out of the habit. Like I got to be on that shit constantly for me to keep a habit going. And I like that. I like consistency. I think that's what I, instead of the hustle, I think what I've been looking up to a lot is consistency. Like yeah. someone who 
I, after a while, and it's kind of a slow build. And then you look at someone and you're like, yeah, I see you. You've been doing your thing for a long time and you've been putting it out there, putting it out there, putting it out there. And I love that. I love when someone is like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to let it build organically. And then I'm not, and I'm not going to make a whole production of it. And then I'm up and down with it. And then I'm proving to everyone how much I'm working and this and that. I love that like quiet confidence and that quiet consistency of like, I'm, I'm putting work into this. And to me, that's like a lot more about you. It's personal to you. And that's the thing that I'm really admiring lately is someone that I'm like, I've been seeing you do that for a long time. And I like, I'm, I'm into that. I like when someone says, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to not get caught up in the, oh, no one's care. Oh, 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 like that insecurity. I'm just going to have my conviction that I need to be doing this. And then I'm going to keep doing it. And that feels very like, that's you. That's about you. You want to prove, you want to say to yourself that you did it and that you followed through. Like I used to think, God, I used to not care about follow through. Not as much as I do now. I used to be like, quit, do it, whatever, who cares? Like try something new. Now I think it's an age thing, um, getting out of my 20s. Now I'm like, damn, people that are just consistent and follow through and reliable and do quality work, that's that's who I'm into. That's what turns me on. I thrive in chaos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just do. I think, uh, you know, I'm going to get real. I'm going to get real, real. I think my dad dying when I was five literally was like, okay, life is chaotic and nothing has meaning and there's no sense to anything. And congratulations, you now have to deal with that understanding. And that's built into your code. And that's who you are, is this child who now knows that nothing is permanent and that nothing has any rhyme or reason. Enjoy. Damn. And I, it's intense yeah. for a four-year-old. I well, I was a pretty intense little four-year-old. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that the experiences that I've had in life, the tra- really the traumas that I've had in life, dictate where I thrive and where I feel comfortable. And I and I for sure think that having a like consistent having a schedule okay this time I wake up and this time I get coffee and from these hours I'll go work at a coffee shop and then oh my god I hate it I just hate it I I don't find I don't find myself feeling passion after like three months of that um I I you gotta you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta shake it up a little bit but you actually make very good decisions even in the chaos I do not. Okay, that's fair. I I make shit decisions in the chaos, and then I feel like I black out, and then I come to, like, three months later, and I go, where's all my money? What's going on? Who even am I? I feel horrible. What do I need to do to fix this? And then it's, like, panic situation. Because you, yeah, I mean, 
you don't need all that to make good decisions. Like you, yeah. you do your taxes on time. And like, to me, that feels, you've been doing that for so long. And for me, that feels like a real big thing that you don't wait till the last minute to do that. You are like, you probably have a real good credit score. You probably pay everything on time. Yeah. So like, (laughs) you don't need that. I need to wrangle myself because I can get so off track. I mean, you you remember me in college. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I was the worst. And I have I the the debt that I paid off this past year was like still debt from college. Totally. From like dealing with those consequences of just being like I'm a free spirit and I'm just going to do whatever I want and like I live in chaos. I can't plan. I can't budget. I can't be responsible. I don't even know who I'm going to be tomorrow. And then really had to, had to fix a lot of those mistakes. And so you actually, it does well for you. You can. Yeah. I think, I think my reaction to like the chaos of the world is to control everything that I have the ability to control until it's no longer necessarily on my plate. So like I set up auto payments, I do X, Y, and Z. I, I over plan the concept of buying a car or I over plan a trip. So that way, when I get there, I can like go with the flow because I've already made the flow. I've sat down and said, this is how it's going to go. And if it doesn't, life is chaos and that's okay. And I'll just deal with it. But it's, It's definitely like, I think the organization to me is a direct response to having so little control about so many other things in life that if I can control what I can and get it away from in front of me, then I can just relax. I can take a breath. I can sleep for nine hours. I cannot stress. I can sit down and plan a photo shoot that I want to conceptualize and then execute because everything else, all the other noise is like handled, taken care of, not a problem, not a part of the chaos. Hmm. So you can stick to your plans too. Yeah. I mean, sometimes (laughs) I think I, if I'm really truly like feeling it and motivated and excited, yes. If I am second guessing myself and not sure I'll just bail and I don't really think twice if I bail I just go oh well that didn't work that's not it that's not the thing that I'm supposed to be doing my like Donnie Darko gut worm decided to not follow that route oh well (laughs) you you know what that's like you really trust yourself yeah you really do I mean I think that's probably from having to rely on yourself so early in life totally. where you were like, okay, well, I, I'm, I gotta be independent. I gotta kind of take care of myself. So you really trust yourself. I think that I trust myself, but I give myself too much space to fuck up. It's yeah. like, oh, you're doing great. Like I can really talk myself into a lot of things. So, I mean, it's less now. I, I'm pretty good at, even if I'm off the routine, I'm not going to totally blow everything, but I have to, 
I have to have a balance of like, I trust myself, but also I have to have some preventative measures in place. Like I have to make sure that I'm staying on top of things day to day because otherwise, and like my consequences are usually like I'll spiral into depression or anxiety because I feel very overwhelmed. And then I'm just like, I'm numb. I can't do anything. Um, so, cause I used to think that I really trusted myself and I, you know, made a lot of decisions that were like, oh, I'm going based on my intuition. And while great, I also feel like my intuition wasn't always taking care of me in the way that I wanted to be taken care of. Like in certain ways, it's like, you know, for example, like I, I have, for me, it's very important to exercise. I like to be active and if I don't like make myself do it and like put it in my planner, even though it's something I want to do, I will not do it. And yeah, but yet I like that feeling of doing it. So I don't know. That's, it's kind of tough because I like to follow. I wish I was more like you where I was just like, I trust myself that I make good decisions and that, I can let go a little bit, but I haven't found that balance yet. I'm still like tight leash, Jamie, tight leash. Like we got, we have some things we got to do. Can't get into that mess again. If it makes you feel better, if I screw something up, even as little as like I pick the wrong toll lane, I have like an internal meltdown. That does make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So like if I pick an Airbnb and it's like kind of shitty, and like I'm on vacation with friends or with Anthony, then the whole time I'm like, I fucked everything up. I'm usually just like, oh, well, out loud. But internally, I'm like dying inside being like, I'm bad at this. Should I trust myself? I shouldn't trust myself. Oh, well, guess I'll do it again next time. <laughs> because I like definitely need to have and exhibit some of that control when it comes to the chaos, right? It's like, okay, I got to be in control even if I'm wrong. That's like, that's the only thing that keeps me going. Um, Mm. I think I put a lot of that into my art too. Like my photography is very methodic. It's got like perfect lines. It's very geometric. Everything is super balanced. Um, I, if I take a photo and it's like off center, it drives me insane, you know? And if I look at other photographers work even film photographers from like the 70s if their horizons aren't straight I'm like ugh, that photo so I also find that I put a lot of that like things need to be in their place and things are have to be like laid out properly or else it's not good enough and I ugh, I just like beat myself up I think a lot all of that stems from that you know I thrive in chaos but also I hate the chaos so I have to control it I don't know that you thrive in it I feel like you accept it yeah so you you just like control what you can but then you can also be I mean a hundred percent you could be very very controlling and like into being not controlling it's like you can be very if you're not in control you really don't like that Like you're not okay with that. And I think that I like, those are guidelines to me. I'm like, yeah, it would be great to have a good Airbnb, but nah, who cares? Like, or 
like that that kind of stuff doesn't bother me because I think I'm so like I need to control other aspects that I'm like that kind of stuff whatever like that's not a big deal but yeah like you definitely like things in their place and I don't know that you thrive it's more like you accept it as reality you're like well reality is chaos so yeah, true I can't get upset over this and so I need to just figure out and control the things that I can control and let the rest of it just exist so that I'm not like spiraling into a bad place. Yeah. Hey, Jamie. Yeah. I have a, a question as we reach the end of our episode. Oh yeah. Okay. What did you want to be when you were a little kid? Oh, um, I wanted to be a poet and I wanted mm -hmm. to be a singer, a pop star. I wanted to be Janet Jackson actually. Yeah. Queen yeah, Janet. Um, I loved the Scream music video with her and Michael. Yes, same. So much, and I used to um, go into. I used to do like this slide dance into my bedroom, um, and I wanted to be a teacher, and mm -hmm. I wanted to be a grocery store checkout person. Hell yeah. I did achieve that. I was in college for a year, a grocery store checkout person, and it was all I had dreamed it would be. It was really fun. I love it. I still remember some of the fruit and vegetable codes. <laughs> <laughs> for real. 143 is lemons. Oh, also, I love uh, you. Yeah, that's that's how I remembered it. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I wanted to be a paleontologist. Oh my God. I think I, I watched Jurassic Park a lot. I, I, Nerds I think that's unite for real. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember we went to get on an airplane and a pilot asked me what I wanted to be. And I said, a paleontologist. And he said, what's that? And I looked at my mom and I said, this is the guy flying our plane. Oh my God. If yes. that gives you any indication of the kind of person I still am. Um, so I wanted to be precocious as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a paleontologist. Um, and then I went on a dig and I found a bone and was like, well, I did it. So Great. I achieved that dream. Achieved. And then, Check. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a journalist. I took journalism in community college and had to report on um, a fraternity hazing overdose and was like, uh, nope, I don't want to do that. Thank you very much. I don't feel like pestering people who just lost loved ones. So this job's not for me. Yeah. Um, then I wanted to be a teacher. I think that's because I got a degree in English. And so I was like, what mm. else do you do with this? Guess I'll be a professor of English. That's not, that didn't happen. Uh, and then I wanted to be a music photographer, which I kind of achieved that dream, taking photos of your brother's band. And taking photos of John Legend. That's true. Yeah. So the photography then like came and evolved and, and is what it is now somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely did not want to be a designer because it didn't exist. Yeah, I didn't know you could be a graphic designer when I was that age. So, like, I didn't even know what a computer was because I don't think were computers invented yet. We had computers like when personal we were in computers, middle school. No, nope. yeah, 
laptops were a thing, but they were like giant. There were those giant things where like, if you rolled a pencil back into it and tried to close it, it would like catch the pencil. I just remember that because my dad had one of those, but they were like really expensive. Yeah. So no, we definitely in middle school, we had a Dell. Yeah. Dells were the cool computers before Apple came on the scene. Yes. And I didn't get my first laptop until I left for college. Yep. I had a laptop in college and I put Photoshop on it the first week I got to college and yeah. I started playing around in it. And I was like, well, this is a fun thing that I can do for a long time. I and like yeah, so that started to become a dream when I was like 18. It wasn't even on my radar. Although I did make, when I was in high school, I did make little um, zines in AOL. Yes. Yeah, that was really the dream. Oh, it was definitely the dream. Hey, listeners, why don't you let us know uh, what you wanted to be when you were a kid? What was your dream? What were your goals? Head on over to our Facebook group. It's not popping off yet, but it will be because of you. <laughs> Feelingfeelings.co. It will. It'll happen. But if you head to feelingfeelings.co, you can make it happen. Help make our dreams come true. Yes. By telling and us all. what your dreams were. <laughs> please. And also review us and rate us, please. Um, we need your validation. Just a little five star and like some words. What what have you liked about it? You've made it to season two, so there's got to be something you like about us and our yeah. You're hanging in words. there, so right. Yeah, that would be great. We will love you forever, and yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. And oh, as always, even not just specific to that question, please reach out to us and tell us your feelings because we like yeah. to feel that we're not alone. That's very big. And we like to hear about people's feelings all the time. Just always. Yeah. We're feelings podcast on Twitter. Send us a tweet. Send us a DM. If you don't even want to tweet us, we're here. We yeah. got you. Slide into the DMS. You know, you want to. Is that cool anymore to say? No, no, it, I don't think it is. We're a little, oh, we're like just I mean, on the edge of being too old. Oh, <laughs> Definitely. I didn't even say it right. I didn't even, I think you're supposed to say like slide into those DMs. No, I don't. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, thanks for listening. This has been a first episode of season two.